This is Smart Money with Kevin Richards from KNR Consulting Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With over 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Kevin provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Kevin Richards to help you find out how to have financial peace of mind. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Smart Money. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Richards. Thank you again for tuning into our show this wonderful Saturday afternoon. I'm blessed to have you guys here listening to us, and I hope today's show brings you some tips you can use in your life to improve it, because that is my goal every week to have this show. And our topic today is going to be, what are the top five decisions to make in your 60s? Uh, It's a very important topic if you're in that age bracket, and I hope today's show is uh, enlightened lightning to you and uh, you get some enjoyment out of it as well on your wonderful Saturday. But before we begin, let me introduce our co-host, Tony Shore. How you doing today, Tony? I'm doing great. Doing great today, Kevin. Thanks for having me on your radio program. We always have a good time. It's been a great week. It's a beautiful day. Kevin, what have you been up to? How are you doing? Well, I think, you know, we talked about it off air, Tony, but I love classic cars. I've been oh, looking yeah. at getting a, an older. Yeah, there's just something about them. You know, and there's a 69 Bronco, Ford Bronco that I'm looking at maybe getting that I'm just really excited about because that style is just very fun. It's very manly, but it's got a very cool character to it. And uh, this one happened to be re- rebuilt from the bottom to the top, all from uh, from scratch pretty much. So it's really good shape for that that kind of a year car. So I, I love classic cars. I go to those little car shows a lot and, uh, you know, the weekends. So it's it's really one of the little, little passions I have. Uh, I'm not that good of a mechanic, but I wish I was better. But I like to enjoy them and drive them, you know. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm looking at it. So it's uh, in my horizon. Oh, I love I love the 69 Bronco, too, because it's it's kind of got that square rectangular front, um, yep. and it's somewhat squarish, but it's a great looking vehicle, especially when they're fixed up. I mean, uh, very, very cool vehicle. I'll be super jealous if you get that. Of course, <laughs> I know you're going to let me drive it and give me a ride, right? Oh, of course, absolutely. Yeah. Plenty of room in that thing. It's, those are good size. Yeah, we're gonna cruise. <laughs> we're gonna cruise down. You know, we'll cruise along the one. We'll cruise up and down the one in that. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. A little summertime fun, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'll, I'll let you know on that one. But yeah, it's a fun little passion. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, our show today, uh, what exactly are we talking about? Well, you know, I thought I'd, I'd kind of focus on the top five questions or decision points that people oftentimes bring up to us here at our office that are in their 60s, you know, anywhere between 60 to 70 years old. You know, what are the main decisions you're going to have to look at in terms of financial decisions in your life when you hit that ages, you know, those age ranges of 60 to 70 years old? So I thought I'd highlight some that I thought would be very you know, helpful and some some opinions and uh, views that I have on them and some facts that may be helpful to our listeners to make it easier to, you know, decide on these points for your own family as you hit those ages. And uh, again, our as usual, our show is just more to educate our listeners and share some data that may be of help and some different ways of looking at things that may also shed some light on important decisions that we all have to make as we get older. And this is what our, our show is going to be about today. All right. Sounds great. 
that sounds like a great topic. So uh, the five top decisions that you're going to need to make in your 60s, is that it? Yeah, exactly right. And I'll tell you the first one is uh, pretty common out here, you know, as in Orange County or anywhere in Southern California. You know, a lot of folks have their, their homes are probably, if not the largest, one of the largest assets that they own. And as the kids leave and they become empty nesters, the decision now becomes, do you downsize and buy a new home? Or do you downsize, uh, meaning sell your home and rent? Uh, these are all things to look at because, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that decision, but it's a big one. When, when people have to look at, you know, do we want to pull money out of our house and invest it and live off the interest? Or do we want to stay in our home? And even though it may be too large now because the kids are gone and maybe there's no grandkids at the house either. So these are some things I, I really hear a lot of people talking about. I, I seem to have this discussion weekly with a lot of our clients. And I, I just wanted to share some views I, I have on it and ways that you know a lot of our listeners can look at it and then make their own decisions based on your own situation. But some of the factors I look at when I see a person who has a lot of equity in their home, you know, let's say they have a million dollar home and, and most of it's paid off uh, and they're deciding and it's, you know, it's two stories, maybe four bedrooms and uh, you know, their taxes may be still low because they've had it for years, but they know they don't need four bedrooms, nor do they want to have a two-story home because, you know, as you get older, it tends to have uh, more body problems and knees get more uh, frail or just less stable. Yeah. So you want to have an easier maintenance house, easier to get around in. Yeah. And those are those are factors to decide on where to live. But I always tend to look at views of, you know, renting tends to be a very good option if you have situations where you have a, a new uh, growing family, meaning your kids have... Uh, grandkids that are, your, that are yours and you, they don't know where they're going to settle. I know a lot of uh, folks in their 60s have grandkids and they want to be by them. So a key point in all that is not be stuck in a house if your grandkids and your own children relocate somewhere, whether it's two hours away or two states away. When you buy a new home, obviously it's, it's pretty common sense. You're stuck in that home pretty much. Uh, meaning you may not be able to sell it at a profit within five years, which is a pretty standard range. I think a lot of people would realize if you buy a home, you don't want to, you know, try to sell it next year, hoping you're gonna make a profit unless you're doing flipping and other things like that. But I'm not talking about that business model. It's more about a home. If you're going to buy a home, do you have certainty you're going to stay in it for several years? And my estimation is about five to seven years when you would probably be able to sell it without you know, obtaining any kind of loss or substantial loss. So if you have grandkids that are not yet settled or your kids aren't settled and where they're going to stay, uh, maybe one of them is getting married. It tends to be, I'm a fan of, of renting, uh, especially in the way the market is nowadays. The housing market is very high, you know, and again, it's more to the point of being stuck at a home. You may not be able to uh, stay in or, or sell without a loss. So when folks have good equity, a lot of people, they do, I hear this a lot, Tony, is they sell their homes, and they make a very good profit. And by my example, let's just say they profit at 800,000 and they invest that money and they get a good rate of return. Let's just assume a rate of return that's fixed at about 8%, which is there are options out there that do that. And that could be a pretty nice sum of money that you're getting every year, you know, monthly divided by 12, that you can live off and rent and rent comfortably and still have extra money to live, enjoy your life and not have that restriction of sitting in or being stuck in a home that you can't sell. And if your grandkids or your children decide to move somewhere else, you're able to go with them if you chose to. 
you know, to be near them. So renting brings with it a lot of freedoms, uh, whether you want to be with your grandkids or you just want to travel. You know, a lot of people I talk to who want to be adventurous and they want to see what it's like to live in Oregon or live in Arizona, you know, or Florida. And when you're renting, you have that freedom. You're not stuck there. If you don't like Oregon, you could get up and move after a few months or after a year. And all over the US, you could do that. So there's a lot of freedom, I think, when you have good equity in your home to sell it, live off the equity, just the interest, so you don't run out of money. If you can live off the interest of your equity in your home and still rent a place that's comfortable for your, your needs and have that freedom to then move anywhere you wanna move, I think that has a lot of value. Again, this isn't right for everybody. I'm just giving it as a viewpoint. Some people may wanna look at when you're in this decision area of wanting to or needing to sell your home or not sell it, it's just a factor that people should consider. Yeah. Because uh, I, I know it's I know it's very emotional. A lot of people always think oh, I should own the home. I don't want to waste money on rent. Well, there is some truth to that, but not when you um, are worried about buying a home and then having to sell it at a loss. Right. I mean, that's where you're you just lost a lot more money than you did when you're renting a home. Plus, a lot so, of people don't want to have any debt in retirement, and that's a big part of right. it. Right. So it, it, exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it's it's a factor. Yeah. yeah. So what's the next one? On the list. Well, the other one is people, you know, a lot of folks out there work their whole lives and they have larger 401k plans or IRA plans. And now they have to make the decision, do I live off that money first? I mean, do I start withdrawing from the, it's called tax deferred money, which is your IRAs and your 401ks. That means the money was never yet taxed. So they ask the question, well, should I live off my IRAs in my 401ks now as opposed to later? And what I mean by later is at the age of 70 and a half, we all have to take out our what's called required minimum distributions, yeah. also known as RMDs. So then at that age, again, at 70 and a half, you're, you're required to take out a percentage of your own tax deferred accounts like the IRAs and 401ks. But until that point, many people have to do you know proper analysis and say, do I need to take out money now before? I reach 70 and a half out of my IRAs. Yeah. Does it benefit me to do that? And that's where we come in. We look at projected taxes in the future. And this is a big one that people oftentimes I think don't put enough attention to. I don't see enough CPAs or even other financial advisors doing this. And it's doing a future projection of what your taxes will be when you are required to take out your RMDs, your required minimum distributions at 70 and a half. So an example, Tony, let's just say you have $500,000 in your IRAs and when you hit the age of 70 and a half, you're going to require to take out, I'm going to give an easy number, $20,000 of your IRAs. And that's all taxed income. As you know, it's taxed when it pulls, you pull it out. Well, we can estimate what that tax, what those taxes are going to be on that amount of money compared to all your other income sources and then see, does it make more sense to lower your IRA values today, meaning pull money out of it and use it today so that when you do reach the age of 70 and a half and you're having to take out those required withdrawals, it's a lower number, meaning you're not now forced to take out a very high amount of IRA dollars, which may bring you up to another tax bracket ah. and penalize you. So a lot of people don't think of that. And I'm like, because they have no other option. When you hit 70 and a half, if you, all your money has been growing inside of these IRAs and you've not ever taken anything out of it. And let's say it's a million dollars, which would be great. But that those RMDs on that amount of money is probably near forty to forty-five thousand dollars. And that could bring a lot of people out there into a whole new tax bracket. 
which is not very smart, obviously, because we don't want to be in a higher tax bracket. We want to control our future tax brackets. And one way to do that is to start taking out systematic or regular withdrawals Hmm. from your IRAs and 401ks now before the age of 70. Yeah. So as to lower that required amount of money you got to take out. Because again, that's a required amount. You have no choice at all without being severely penalized. Yeah, those RMDs are killers, aren't they? Oh, the the penalties are, if you don't take out the proper amount of money of your RMD amount, the penalty is 50%, 50 of the amount you should have taken out. So in my example, if your RMD amount was $40,000 for the year and you did not take that out, your tax penalty from the IRS is $20,000. That's your penalty. It's a big one. It's the largest tax penalty in the entire IRS tax code. So it's pretty important to not to leave, don't leave this a chance. Don't assume it or don't let it ride and, you know, think, well, you're doing the best you can because your tax guy didn't tell you about it. And I'm not shooting down tax people. This is not an area that many of them look at or specialize in. Right. So you really want to look at your projected future income tax brackets based on like we're talking about your RMDs, your required minimum distributions. Very big point, right. especially if you have anything of a substantial amount of money in your IRAs or 401ks. Sure. So I, I think it's important to look at these things. And um, we've gone over a couple of them already. I know you have a few more points you want to hit on, some decisions that we need to make, talk about those. But we have to take a quick break, Kevin. Is there anything you want to add before we do? Yeah. So and I just want to encourage any listener out there, if, if this these topics that we've gone over so far are of interest to you, you have questions about your future projections, your tax projections, please call our office now. We will gladly run this report for you and show you what your future tax implications or projections will be based on your current situation. I can assure you it will be very enlightening. So please call our office now. We're here in Orange County at two locations, in Garden Grove and also in Laguna Niguel. Our phone number is area code 949-218-3900. All right. That sounds great, Kevin. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Smart Money and Kevin Richards after this. Most people plan on taking their Social Security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call KNR Consulting Group at 949-218-3900 or visit knrconsultinggroup.com to request your complimentary Social Security Maximization Report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. And welcome back to Smart Money with Kevin Richards and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. Now, Kevin, great show today. Uh, Why don't you uh, recap? The first one was uh, housing in retirement and dealing dealing with that. And then the second one was uh, required minimum distributions and taking distributions from your uh, IRAs or 401ks, correct? Correct. We just simply, just to quick summarize it, was this this point one was, should you buy or rent when you are retired? And I went over different points of, of uh, issues to look at when you decide that, meaning are you going to want to have freedom to move with your grandkids or your family or just freedom to be able to travel across the U.S.? And then again, you have no headaches and when you rent, et cetera, a lot of freedoms to that. Uh, but also, you know, you're not going to be stuck in a house you can't sell without a loss. Potentially, these are all issues to look at when you're deciding on buying or renting. The other point was about 
you know, RMDs, required minimum distributions from your IRAs and 401ks? Should you take out your IRA money now, meaning chunks of it to live off of while you are in your 60s before you're required to take out the amount of money, which is RMDs at the age of 70 and a half? And that's where we come in and analyze what will your future projections or tax projections be if you don't take out money now and lower your RMDs for the future. Etc. So these are discussion points to look at based on your situation, but they are important to look at, not just uh, assume you, you have all the knowledge or have looked at all the facts. It's very important to get these numbers. But the other one I want to go over is about long-term care. And it's never a fun topic. I understand that. But we all have, uh, many of us may have family, uh, whether grandparents or our own parents that are now needing home care or assisted living care. And we all know there's a cost to that. And uh, we need to take that into account in, in terms of our decisions while we're in our 60s. Reason being, when you're in your 60s, you're usually of, of average health, meaning you're not yet needing care, I hope. And uh, you're able to probably qualify for different long-term care programs that are out there. So you want to make sure you look at all the options that are, that are available to you for long-term care insurance. Because it is the one thing that's the, I call it the gorilla in the room that can devastate anybody's future retirement planning because we all know none of us want to get sick, but we know it's a big, big part of life. So let's not, why not take it into account in our planning, prepare for it, hope it never happens. But if you are prepared for it, like any other disaster, probably won't even happen. But it's key to make sure you do have all the facts about it because you are of that age when you potentially can qualify for it. And there are a lot of them out there telling you that are very, attractive in terms of long-term care insurance benefits, such as they're fully liquid. Is there are certain policies now, Tony, that people can get if they qualify, where all the money they put into it is 100% liquid, meaning they could take it out at any point in time without any penalties. Granted, they are not going to grow their money, but it's going to be available to them if they need the money out for any reasons. But if they did get sick in the future, there's a larger amount of money sitting there for long-term care needs. And it's a very good option to look at while you are healthy enough to get it. I can't stress that point enough because there's a short window of time when you are healthy enough to get these things while it's why it makes sense to look at them while you're at that age. And 60s is pretty much where it's at for most people. So long-term care is a very important discussion to have with your family, with your spouse, to make sure you have a plan in place. Have you guys thought about how you're going to pay for it? If one of you do get sick, has that discussion come up? Have you thought about that with your financial planner? If you haven't, please do so. It is one element that will make a big change dramatically into your life, to your long lifestyle and your future retirement plan. So that's what I want to just share as a discussion point that we all should look at. And I know it's common, it's very obvious common sense, but it does need to be discussed. And you should look at all your options while you are healthy enough to get them. And if you're a veteran, I think we've had several shows in this, Tony, there are benefits for veterans out there who may have served in Korean War or World War II or even Vietnam, like my dad. Um, there are benefits that the VA provides that are substantial benefits, up to $2,000 a month that you could be getting potentially for your wow. family if either one of you or your spouse needs care. It's a big one that we do a lot of, Tony. As you know, we have a lot of veterans uh, get all the benefits they're entitled to, especially for long-term care needs. That's an area that we've done this for almost nine years. And uh, I've probably helped over 400 different veterans get approved for veterans benefits of over 2,000 a month is what the average case is they get for any long-term care needs if they serve during war. So that's another show in itself, but I wanna just make sure we have our listeners thinking about that, have that discussion with your husband or your wife, 
Make sure you looked at all your options for long-term care insurance while you are healthy enough to do so. It's so important because I see folks procrastinate and then they go to the doctor and the doctor says, I think you may have X, Y, and Z problem. As Soon as that's written down in your charts, you're pretty much out of uh, options. So that I hate to see happen and I don't want any of our listeners in Kbright here to have that occur to them. If you are concerned about the cost of your own long-term care, please look at all your options. Call us. Go see somebody who has knowledge about long-term care, whoever it may be, but get the facts while you're healthy enough to get it. Awesome. Well, I think that's great and uh, because it's such a crisis right now, healthcare and especially long-term care, like you say, gets so expensive. Assisted living, long-term care, these things really, really add up. And so to plan for them ahead of time is crucial and to make sure you have the protection you need when it comes to that and understand there are different options and ways of covering that. And I think some of the older ways were not so great. You had to throw a lot of money at long-term care insurance uh, to be covered. And and now there are some other strategies. And I know you go over all those with your clients. Uh, What's next on your list, though, Kevin, of things we need to talk about, uh, the five ways, uh, the five decisions, rather, that we need to make in our 60s? Sure, Tony. We've covered three so far. The fourth one I wanted to talk about was about should you get a trust? And a lot of people ask that question to us. And it's a point of, uh, you know, there's a cost, obviously, whenever you go to an attorney to get a trust done. But I can assure you, if you have any assets over $100,000, which is very easy to find in Orange County, you should definitely have a trust without a doubt. Because if your property, your home, your accounts, your savings accounts, et cetera, are not in a trust, meaning titled under the trust name, could be the Mr. and Mrs. Smith Family Living Trust, whatever it may be, that trust needs to be created so that all your assets are titled in that trust, meaning registered. And then if there, of course, when the day comes and you pass on, there is no issues. It goes right to your beneficiary, right to your spouse, right to whoever it is you chose to be your, your beneficiaries of your estate without going to probate court, which is extremely expensive. Uh, I've heard 40, 30 to $40,000 in attorney and court fees could be up to two years in time. By the time your estate gets settled through the court system, it's all public knowledge at that point. It's just a real, really an unfortunate, frustrating and time consuming and expensive process to go through that can be easily avoided by simply getting a trust set up that also will include a power of attorney. And what that simply does is helps per, uh, give somebody in your family the right to step in on your behalf while you're alive and help make decisions financially for you. So you can have somebody overseeing your finances, take care of the bills, et cetera, while you're living. But let's say you get in, you know, sick or incapacitated or, or whatever it may be, or you want to travel internationally. You have to have these documents like a power of attorney to let somebody work on your behalf uh, for whatever reason. So that's a part of a trust. It's usually in almost all trusts that I've seen. And the third part of a trust package, we call it, is a healthcare directive. And that's just as important because that tells the hospital system or the doctors, what it is you want to have done to you when or if you got very, very sick. Meaning, do you want to have certain things done to sustain you for years or or whatever it may be to keep you alive? And if that document isn't created, Sony, a lot of us don't want to think about this. And I totally understand it. But if that document is not created and you have a stroke or something of this nature where you cannot talk or you are in a coma or whatever it may be, 
if that document doesn't exist, the hospitals, the doctors have nothing else to do except keep you alive in any way they can and at any cost. And that can be devastating to your family. So that is a very important piece of any trust package or trust documents that you need to have. Everybody has, should have, I should say. It's so that that's one of the ones I don't want people to forget about. These are again not not topics of uh, of you know positiveness or fun, but they are part of life. And I, again, it's more about lowering your stress level. Once you plan for all these things and have all this stuff taken care of, your stress level and worries about all this stuff usually go down, which is a, I think a healthy thing to do while you're alive. Yeah, yeah, you want to do that when you have the opportunity, right? So Absolutely. are there any other decisions that we need to be concerned with in our 60s? Tell you the last one I just wanted to say, and we have limited time on our show left, but it's about Social Security. When do you take out your Social Security? Do you take it out of 62, take it out of 66 or 70? Are there spousal benefits potentially available for you or ex-spouse benefits? And that's a major decision, probably one of the bigger ones of all the ones we talked about in terms of how much money you'll be able to collect. And it's something that we analyze here all the time. We have a software that goes over every single option that's available to you because I can assure you it isn't just the three decisions of take your money now, later, or when you're 70 years old, it's a lot more to it. And that's a really big decision because once you decide and you pull the trigger on your social security option that you're choosing, you're pretty much locked in. After a year of it, you're locked in. So you wanna make sure you get all the facts first. Make sure you know all of it. How much is, what's the best way to get the most money for you and your family that you can? And if you don't know that with certainty, Go see a financial advisor or somebody that knows Social Security or, of course, please call our office. We do this all the time with these really comprehensive 15-page reports that we run at no cost to show our listeners and our clients how they can get the most out of their own Social Security for their husband, their wife, their family. And there is a lot more to it, again, than you may think. They don't show you all the options that are available to you. Unfortunately, they don't have the resources to do that at the Social Security Administration. We can, we can show you everything available, break down a customized report that will analyze your exact situation and take into every factor you can imagine from age, your health level, your other assets, you know, your marriage history, if you're currently married, et cetera. That's what we do. So I really wanna make sure I, you know, all, all our listeners get all the facts about that. We even do seminars, Tony, I think you know this every week, pretty much every week here in Orange County that are free, that just are educational seminars on just Social Security, on how to understand all the options, what is the best decision for you. But again, any listener out there in our K-Bride family, we always offer this. If you wanna come and get a customized Social Security maximization report, please call our office. That's something we do for our K-Bride family. It's a no cost, no obligation report that will break down every option you have and show you what is the best way and the most money you can get for your family with your exact situation. That I really want to encourage anybody out there to call us. It's important, very important. So if any listener out there, Tony, has any more questions or wants this report, please call our office. We're here in Orange County at area code 949-218-3900. All right. Thanks, Kevin. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Smart Money with Kevin Richards. Thank you for listening to Smart Money with Kevin Richards. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, contact Kevin Richards at KNR Consulting Group. That's 949-218-3900. 
or visit their website at knrconsultinggroup.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Kevin Richards and KNR Consulting Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.